Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! I can't hear you! Aye, aye, Captain! Welcome back to Quaid in Full, the podcast with all the fox to give about actor Dennis Quaid and the only podcast to know that you're not sated until you are Quaided. I'm Jeb Lund, the only podcast host to get knocked unconscious by a harpoon, and I'm here with tastefully remodeled seafood restaurant Sarah D. Bunting. Are you ready to hear the specials? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, go for it. Today, we are here to talk about SpongeBob SquarePants, Season 6, Episode 13, Grandpappy the Pirate. And before we do that, I just want to ask you a quick question. Had you seen SpongeBob before? Are you familiar with this universe? Oh, yes, deeply. Okay, I had never seen a second of SpongeBob. Really? And I'm not sure if it was because, like, I didn't have kids and I was like, just not the right age. I wasn't a somebody who smoked weed when it came out and was very popular. And I understood <laughs> that to be, like, really kind of uh, like an elemental part of the SpongeBob experience. Yeah. And then, like, I used to hang out on a message board where a guy with a SpongeBob avatar was, like, the worst poster. <laughs> like, just the worst. <laughs> just, like, a, just a fucking malignancy. And uh-huh. so, like, I got this real negative association with it. So, like, I never dove into it. So I don't have a frame of reference of, like, whether this is a good one or a bad one or if they're all kind of like this or not. And, like, what is, is it? kind of standard fare for spongebob i would say this is standard fare i 15 years ago was dating someone who had a young child who loved spongebob so we watched a lot of spongebob and i mean he had another child slightly older who liked iCarly, so we watched a lot of that too and spongebob was definitely my Pref. But yeah, this is about average. I don't remember ever seeing this one before. I feel like Nick Jr. would rerun certain ones over and over again. Mm-hmm. I have definitely seen the ones involving Gary the Snail, who presents as a cat, basically, millions of times because it just makes me laugh that a snail is purring and also is rabid at times. I mean, I enjoy the show, but I haven't missed it exactly. And I don't know what you thought of it, but this was a cromulent 13 minutes of SpongeBob that I don't have to watch again. Most of them are like that. It's kind of yelly. What'd you think of it? I thought it was better than than I expected, just because I had those negative associations going in. And I thought, Mm -hmm. well, maybe this is going to be a lot more like wet fart noises as humor mm-hmm. kind of like it just really seemed to code as like this is going to be really dumb kind of broy slapstick for kids and yeah. so to have it be like this is just kind of like a merry melody cartoon you know like yeah. it's just different characters was um uh, i guess reassuring you know and also <laughs> uh-huh. i have a feeling it's going to go into the rotation with my son like you know other kids are going to talk about it and he'll want to see it and and now i'm like I no longer have, you know, incipient dread about it that uh, (laughs) I could be locked into seven seasons of wet fart noises. I mean, on a scale of one to bluey, SpongeBob is like a six. And this, as SpongeBob's go, this was fine. Do we need to talk about the plot first or do you want to just go ahead and read it? Let's let's do it. Okay, so here's the plot. Mr. Krabs. Voiced by Clancy Brown, is the owner of the Krusty Krab seafood restaurant where SpongeBob and his pals work. Unfortunately, he's been lying to his famous pirate grandfather, Grandpappy the Pirate, Dennis Quaid, that he has gone into the life of pirating too. And uh oh, 
granddad is coming for a visit. Now, if you've seen a sitcom, you know this is a problem, but making things worse is the pirate code that you cannot tell a lie, which I did not know about pirates, but for the sake of this episode, that's the pirate code. Yeah. SpongeBob gamely offers to help Mr. Krabs fool his grandpa, and together they and SpongeBob's pals hastily redecorate the Krusty Krab to look like an actual pirate ship, complete with theater set wave props, a projector running a movie of a sea monster, and a big fan simulating the breeze. Grandpappy the pirate is fooled for a time, but eventually he gets wise, only to praise Mr. Krabs for criminally overcharging his customers, thus proving that he's every bit as much of a pirate as Grandpappy hoped. And there's an ending gag that's like you only get in a cartoon and it's it's delightful. But uh, but yeah, that's it. Yeah. Do you want to rate it? That's it. <laughs> sure. This was a six. It was fine. I hadn't seen it before. Otherwise, it would probably be lower. But it's SpongeBob SpongeBobbing. Like, is there the um, representative Patrick being an idiot? Yes. Is SpongeBob too cheery about things? Yes. Does it make any sense that they're acting like they're on the surface of the sea when they're underwater, as the theme song has just told you? No, it doesn't. Classic SpongeBob. Six. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I wound up going with seven because I, I was like, maybe just over exuberant at the fact that uh, it wasn't just like a bunch of guys beefing into a microphone right. um but it also just seemed to have that kind of classic antic cartoon spirit of like hey listen you know none of the logic of this universe as established by the theme song is going to obtain this pirate who you know presumably has spent his life at sea is going to be fooled by somebody holding two carved like wooden props painted blue to affect the the role of the surf, which he can see over the actual mm-hmm. the edge of the ship, which if that were the case would be inundating the ship. Uh, he's apparently never seen a movie, so he mistakes a, a projected image for the real thing. I was like, fine, and I laughed. And so, and Clancy Brown was uh, surprisingly good, and well, not that you know I would think that he wouldn't be good, but like I'm just so used to Clancy Brown as Clancy Brown that having him in this, I was like, hey, I like it. I always forget it's him. So yeah, that was like a nice uh, reunion to remember that that was him. And like so many times when you have celebrity voiceover, it's just them doing them. So the parents who have to watch it can be like, why that's Clancy Brown. And then like start doing their own personal version of like an IMDB dive on mm-hmm. his career. You don't understand. He's the sergeant from Starship Troopers, the one who the one who throws the knife. And he's like, well, if the uh, the enemy can't press the button, then he can't blow you up. And your kid's just like, what are you doing? I don't get any of that. <laughs> but like, he's actually doing a voice. And and so I'm always pleased when celebrities are doing voices. And, and DQ does a voice, and we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, seven. Yeah, okay. Well, this is going to be... <laughs> this is going to be a real test of the rating system for Quaidosity, I would say. Not sure how we're going to do this for an animated character, but we've done it relatively recently this season. I do have a clip that's fairly representative of the performance. Shall we hear it, or do you have any opening remarks about your uh, about your rating metrics for this section before we hear it? Not at all. Let's go for it. All right. What's a hairnet doing on a pirate ship? Uh, well, you know, uh, any pirate knows that the majority of his daily nutrition comes from whatever hair or skin flakes fall off of the cook and into the stew. This hairnet is depriving your crew of their essential nutrients. Uh, just a sec. <laughs> I mean, boyfriend's having a fucking ball, at least. Good for him. Yeah. 
Yeah, that clip comes from, I would say, like 50% of the episode, he's just doing like really turbo gravelly quaid and slightly higher pitched. And the other half of the episode, he's doing a pirate would be coming to your house, mighty, going to capture your children. And he's like kind of doing like a more authentic, like old British sea dog voice. Yeah. I think maybe there were just some phonemes he couldn't hit and keep that accent going. But like some of the other clips, like it sounds much more British and much more like piratical. If I were to try to think of like, what would the stereotype pirate voice be? This one is like where he drifts more into like Dennis is having a blast. Yeah, this is where you can actually hear the Dennis coming through. Yeah. Which you can't always. But as far as my rating, like, I'm not sure whether that gets a higher rating because it's sort of better voice acting per screen minute than you usually get from him in a role like this, or whether it's less quady because it's, you know, less quady. So not sure what I'm going to do there. I went through this too, and I just wound up going like, I think that's more Quaidy, right? So he leans into the voice. He's really into it. He nails it for a slim majority of the episode. But in pure DQ fashion, whenever he does accents, he loses it for a good (laughs) chunk of whatever it is. In this case, it's a cartoon. So we don't get like, in a movie, we get 25 minutes of him just accent free. Yeah, But that's terrific Quaid, right? Because it's him doing a good job. He's really getting after it. But he's also not being able to um, not be DQ. And he still hits some lines in in like a piratical version of his sort of flattened Texas accent. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's a Quaid experience. You get the gargly, you know. So for me, it's an eight. And two marks off for not batting a thousand on the accent. And also for there not being anything conspicuously horny sounding to round it out. Yeah, I mean, this is for children. So there are certain aspects of the, you know, we're not doing a Krilf cartoon crab I'd like to fuck. Like, we're not, (laughs) we're just not doing that as a society. So that's out. And (laughs) typical Quaid blocking slash the grin, obviously out. Uh, Yes, he loses control of the accent, but he also understands the assignment. I think he probably took this job because one or more of his kids loved SpongeBob. Yeah. Fine. He can dine out on this with all of his kids forever. He is fine. He did not have to play himself like Hasselhoff. And I think this is actually better than I expected. There is a there is a rascaliness to pirates, so he's cast correctly as a cartoon pirate crab who has never seen a movie before. So this is what you're dealing with. How do you rate that? I don't know. I went with a seven. Hey, well, I'm glad we both liked it. Yeah. He had fun. We had fun. It's always nice when it's an episode of like children's programming that's two episodes stuck together. He's only in one of them. It's 12 minutes of your life. Thank you, Dennis. Next time on Quaid in Full, G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra. In the meantime, check out the show notes to make sure everything we did was shipshape and follow the podcast on Twitter at Quaid in Full Pod and get even more content at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Quaid in Full. Quaid in Full is hosted by Sarah D. Bunting and Jeb Lund and edited by Jeb Lund. 
Don't subscribe yet? Take off that hairnet and go sign up wherever you get your podcasts and rate and review Quaid in Full so other people can find it. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. You're done, good boy. Oh.